This podcast is part of the Telerik Developer Network. Telerik, a progress company. It's been a busy week here at the Telerik Developer Network, so I have two short interviews lined up for you. I've got Jen Looper talking about NGConf, and then later on, Peter Ritchie talking about C-Sharp and the direction Microsoft's headed. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Eat Sleep Code, the official Telerik podcast. I'm your host, Ed Charbonneau, and with me today is Jen Looper. Hi, Jen. Hi, how are you? Great, Jen. Um, you were just at NGConf, so I wanted to have you on the show and talk a little bit about uh, what NGConf was and what was going on there, because I think people really enjoy hearing about some uh, breaking Angular news. Yeah, so if people had been following our Twitter feed or noticing the trending hashtag NGConf, it was... Uh, NGConf was trending and then NGDave started trending and the backstory behind that is that uh, everyone who seemed to be winning anything was named Dave at a certain point so we decided that we we're just going to rename the conference to NGDave but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's that kind of conference scene it's really quirky and um, it's um, it's just a mixed bag of a lot of really awesome people really awesome talks and um, the Google team from Angular is there uh, you know 24-7 ready to answer your questions about Angular so um, it's the it's the U.S.'s biggest Angular conference, and this is a great time to be looking at Angular. You know, if you might have dropped it, this is a good time to take another look, I think, because the drama of Angular 1, you know, being dropped in favor of Angular 2 is behind us now. We have migration paths, and we have um, a really exciting path forward with Angular 2. So that's what this is all about. And if you want to take a look at their website, it's ng-conf.org. And this is the official, like, Angular conference from Google, is that right? It's actually put on by a company called Domo, and it, it's organized by Aaron Frost and Dave Geddes. Uh, and I guess it's only been going on for three years, but it was just kind of adopted by the Angular community as their conference in the U.S. In, in oh, London, really? Yeah, in London, it's going to be uh, Angular Connect. I'm not sure if that's the same scenario, but um, the Google team is heavily invested in these conferences. But it's definitely more like a community-generated conference, and then, and then the, the Google team was happy to support heavily. <laughs> oh, that's cool. It's more like a grassroots thing than I, I thought it was an actual, like, official like um, Google conference. Yeah, no, I think it's more grassroots because I think the official Google conference is Google I.O., which is going to happen in like, I don't know, maybe four days. So that team is busy, busy. <laughs> yeah, I find like there's a different type of atmosphere when it's more grassroots like that. Definitely. And they can be a little more quirky and they can have like different perspectives on stage. You know, um, it's it's a little more free and open, I think. So it's really cool. <laughs> And I have to apologize. I didn't give you a proper introduction. We didn't really talk about who oh, everybody Jen knows Luber me right? and, <laughs> uh, and what you do and stuff. I, I we kind of had a little uh, open discussion last week on the show with uh, me and Brian, um, and we were kind of uh, fanboying some of your <laughs> your work. So I, I kind of feel like everybody already knows you, but you always have to remember with these shows that people don't always listen week to week. So that's right. Why don't Sorry you give about us that. a little rundown of. Um, who you are, what you do, Jen. Yeah, sure. Um, so, uh, like Ed said, my name is Jen Looper, and I'm a developer advocate at um, Telerik. And uh, I am primarily advocating for Telerik platform, but because NativeScript, which we were promoting at ngconf, is such a big part of Telerik platform, I kind of accompanied the uh, the crew who went to ngconf and supported the main advocate, who's TJ. 
uh, T.J. Van Tull, and he um, he's the main native script advocate, and I'm kind of like the the ladies auxiliary. <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I do the best I can to support this team, and it was really exciting um, that we had engineering from Bulgaria and a lot of PMMs out there. So uh, it was a really almost like a little mini reunion as well. Uh, but yeah, so I'm uh, I'm a mobile developer, have been for about 14 years, and. Uh, I really enjoy all the mobile offerings that uh, Telerik is able to give to the community, especially with uh, NativeScript being our, our first, you know, truly open source project, which has got so much community support. It's a very exciting place to be right now. So we had some announcements, but before we get into those, what were some of the big, like, keynote announcements at ngconf? Yeah, well, the biggest one is that Angular 2 it had just, like, like a day before ngconf entered um, an RC release candidate. Um, it was a mad scramble before because there were breaking changes and everybody was in a huge panic. And <laughs> it's like, oh my God, why? Um, but they uh, they successfully released that candidate and you know there'll be more coming up, but it's almost like we're out of beta. We've got a release candidate and we're very, very close to entering something that you can use in production apps. And um, uh, uh, Angular 2 is just looking rock solid. It's a very, very exciting product to be able to use. Um, the other big one is that they're moving away from calling Angular a framework. They're calling it really a platform. And the whole conference kind of illustrated what that means because now people are able to truly build upon it. There's um, Angular Universal. There's a part of Angular that you can use to create progressive web apps. There's um, Material, it's like Angular Material, which is another project which will help you spin up an app uh, all fully flavored with a beautiful material design that we know and love. There is Angular CLI uh, that people have built, and you can, uh, if you watch Mike Brocco, he's going, he does live coding, um, and you can catch him. Just follow his Twitter. You can catch him uh, live coding using the CLI, and he just you know scaffolding out and spinning up a web app faster than the eye can see. You know, um, so just like great tooling, um, great products that you can use to get your Angular, uh, your Angular skills uh, revamped and jump started. Because if you are an Angular one programmer, you're gonna need to relearn Angular two. This is my opinion. Um, I have an app that I built in Angular one. And I'm taking Udemy to learn Angular too, because it's quite a bit different. So, um, but this conference is all about you know getting people up to speed and what's new and awesome in Angular two, and showing the benefits of jumping right into Angular two. Yeah, and I'm not surprised by that that last part there, uh, where you said they're they're making it more of a platform. Uh, I talked to Brad Green on the show a couple of weeks ago, and if you haven't heard it, go back and give it a listen. But um, Brad was talking about how they decoupled all of the different UIs and stuff from Angular. Um, so it can be, you know, you can use different templating engines. And uh, that's one of the things that enables us to do native script on it. Exactly. And yep. uh, there's some really, really cool stuff that's happening because of that decoupling that they've done. Yeah, yeah, that really opened up the world to um, all of these people to just jump on it and start creating some really awesome stuff, including native script, of course. <laughs> So with that said, what, what were some of the things that we announced when we were there? So uh, along with Angular 2's announcement, uh, NativeScript 2 was released. So uh, we are kind of paralleling with, with Angular team to kind of keep up to par with what they're doing. And um, 
with Angular, with NativeScript 2 comes um, a lot of interesting stuff, including things like CSS keyframe animations. Um, you have to look at the release notes for all of the other good stuff that's out there, but uh, uh, we are, are fully supporting on, you know, one-to-one -one the, the, the new things that are coming out from, from Angular 2, bringing them into NativeScript 2 so that we can support them directly. Um, it's a lot of really, uh, really exciting stuff in the NativeScript field, and it's, people are starting to be convinced by Angular 2 and starting to be convinced by NativeScript 2. It's good to see. And um, with all these big announcements going on, did they happen to share a release date for Angular 2? I don't believe I heard uh, anything that that specific. Then again, I, I might have to relook at the keynotes. Uh, I'm sure they might have given a month. I was in and out working at the booth. I need to rewatch like all of the sessions. <laughs> <laughs> We might want to check those keynotes. I don't want to say either way. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I saw one myself either. Yeah. I think they, they've still kind of uh, alluded soon. to soon, but <laughs> yeah, soon. I don't think I've seen an official, this is the date yet. Yeah. Seems like that's the growing trend lately. Like .NET uh, land is going through a lot of changes right now, and Microsoft's mm -hmm. kind of like, it's coming soon. Soon. Like, <laughs> the changes will be released soon. My we favorite month is soon. Dates, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think they're probably gonna, they're probably relying on, on the community and uh, all these people who help them get this thing off the ground to, you know, iron out the bugs. Um, but I have full confidence that they know what they're doing. <laughs> so soon we will have Angular 2. <laughs> <laughs> were there any like killer sessions that you heard about or got to see while you're there? Yeah, so I was working at the booth, as, 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 as I said, and doing a lot of stuff um, for, for our um, initiatives. But um, the, there are two sessions, of course, that got a lot of buzz. Uh, one was by Taro Parvanian, and his actually was something that we had previewed, TJ and I had previewed, because all the speakers were um, assigned another speaker to preview their stuff. So we got a sneak preview of his talk, and uh, it did go over very well with the audience. He spun up an app to create... Um, this kind of ambient music of wind chimes that was so relaxing. People said they were like falling asleep and getting into Zen mode. <laughs> um, so it's like a little music app using, using Angular 2 and um, a great little learning tool. And then of course we, we, we jumped on that right after his session and um, our community spun up the same app, cloned it, but d did it in native script. So, <laughs> and it actually is released on Google play. Now I can give you the link. You can download it. So it's like an hour after the talk, we had that app spun up and then, uh, released it the next day, so <laughs> it was really cool. Yeah, uh, send that over. We'll include that in the show notes. Yeah, and then every ng conf, there's a particular uh, guy, Shy, and I do not remember his last name. He's from Israel. He does a show. Last year it was called ng what, and this <laughs> year it was called the ng show, and it's almost like a roast of the of the Google team. So it's just like he just oh, makes nice. yeah he makes fun of everything. He just like is totally irreverent and it's everybody's just screaming with laughter. And I'm, I'm like a working booth and listening to people screaming with laughter in the, the arena. You know, like shoot, you know. Um, but yeah, it was that that always has a great buzz. He's a real character. I, I saw something with like chefs hats or something of that effect going on. It looks like you got to do some kind of fun session while you're there. Yeah. So. Um, TJ and I did uh, a talk about sharing 
uh, sharing code between uh, your web and your and your mobile code base. And we uh, decided that we were going to have absolutely no shame and uh, get on that stage in these goofy chef outfits. So I, I ordered an apron from Cafe Press and we ordered red hats from uh, Amazon to look like chefs. So I was Chef John and he was Chef TJ and uh, we were doing a cooking show, <laughs> cooking cooking for web and cooking for mobile and it was a lot of cooking puns and it, yeah, it got, a, it got really silly. So, but it was, I thought it was an effective way to show how you can, um, you know, you can have your web, your your website built in Angular too, and you can reuse a lot of those components to to create uh, a mobile app, especially on the service tier. Once you hit the UI, you have to make some compromises, but uh, we talked about that. And the the bottom line is, you know, share what makes sense. You don't want a, a UI. Uh, that's exactly the same on your on your native app as ex exactly the same as your mobile mobile website. Uh, you, you're going to have to you know account for things like the back button and that sort of thing on Android. So you know uh, we're just trying to have a realistic view of what exactly you can share. And uh, the chef hats were just part of the fun because it's a fun conference. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like it was a lot of fun. I tried to follow it a little bit. I was at an event of my own, so yeah. I had to kind of follow from afar. But it looked like a lot of those sessions were recorded. Were, was yours? Yes, everything's been recorded. It's amazing. They actually were able to release the recordings like an hour after everyone's talk. I don't know how they did it, but um, they're all up uh, on YouTube if you go to the NGConf uh, channel. All of the talks and the live stream and the keynotes are all up. Uh, the only thing that wasn't recorded was our workshop, so which is okay. It's kind of hard to get excited about two hours of people, you know, sitting around coding. Um, yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, everything's up there. You could totally review, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually go watch all the sessions now because I missed everything pretty much. Yeah, me me too. Yeah. I was I was working a booth also at a different conference. Yeah. <laughs> the entire time. So. Yeah. So. <laughs> what I did say I did see that they were releasing those videos like on the hour though. That was pretty impressive. Yeah, it's amazing. I think they must they must just have a great process that works beautifully. Impressive. Yeah, they they had definitely have some talented people staffed on that. I know how For hard sure. that is. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They had full on. It was the biggest stage I've ever seen. It was all lights and sound and uh, AV crew, and um, it's pretty amazing the way they've got it set up. In fact, we uh, I took one look at that stage and I had a little panic attack. And TJ said, "Don't worry, we've got costumes." So that was my <laughs> mantra. That was my mantra through the whole thing. Don't worry, we've got costumes. <laughs> so. I love it. We need we need to be we need that on a shirt now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Jen, I really appreciate you coming on the show for a little bit. I know it's hard when you've been traveling to like you're trying to get back in the grind and you have mm. stuff to do and you're unpacking and <laughs> family <laughs> wants your attention. And, no problem. Uh, it's my pleasure. I appreciate you coming on the show for a little bit to uh, bring us up to date with NGConf. Yay, so no problem. Coming up next, I have uh, another interview. Um, I have Peter Ritchie, uh, C-Sharp MVP. I talked to him at Microsoft Build just a short time ago. So we'll have that up next. Excellent. Thanks. Thank you. Hello and welcome to Eat Sleep Code, the official Telerik podcast. Doing another short interview here from the floor at Build 2016 Day 2. I have Peter Ritchie with me, C-Sharp MVP, and Sam Basu, Telerik Developer Advocate. How you doing, guys? Good. Very good, thanks. So, uh, Peter, what can you tell me about uh, C-Sharp uh, and what's going on at the conference today? Uh, not a whole lot going on with just C-Sharp at the conference today. We'll be talking about the futures of C-Sharp and .NET in general. Uh, C-Sharp is probably, you know, 
at a maturity point now where very little change needs to happen to the language, so it's very, very stable. Uh, what what actually happened in the last release, though? We saw a lot of big changes come in C Sharp 6.0. Uh, a lot of the changes had to do with, you know, kind of, you know, making the language a little bit easier to use, a little bit more maintainable, uh, making things uh, a little less about, you know, writing lots of code and writing less code and making them easier to read. And we saw a lot of things that uh, kind of come from the functional community uh, bleed their way into C Sharp. Um, like, uh, what, what's the uh, arrow parameter, the lambda uh, expression uh, that you can put just on a function? What is that called again? Uh, uh, like uh, higher order functions and uh, things came in. Yeah, like making anonymous methods easier to yes. use and easier to read and things like that. Yeah. yeah. I heard there's some more uh, functional style stuff coming in 7. Uh, they're they're toying around with the idea of introducing pattern matching and whatnot. Yeah, um, it, and that kind of goes towards uh, making it a little bit easier to read, a lot less ceremony to write code and things like that. Um, basically, you know, things like uh, if you want to handle exceptions in a, in a way that's similar to Visual Basic, for example, you can do it with you know filtering exceptions instead of having to handle a specific exception, things like that. What's really cool is we've seen a lot of C Sharp running apps everywhere today. Mm -hmm. So a lot of things that were highlighted at the conference were writing C Sharp to do Android and iOS applications using Xamarin, uh, writing C Sharp to do IoT with Azure and you name it. So yeah. C Sharp, C Sharp all the things almost. C Sharp everywhere. So Peter, I mean, um, what's, what's the most exciting thing that you've seen at Build in these two keynotes? Uh, I would have to agree with the whole .NET Everywhere thing, uh, and that applies to C Sharp as well as uh, VB and to a certain extent F Sharp. Um, I think they need to add some s more support to Xamarin for F Sharp, but yeah, getting .NET and doing C Sharp and, and all the different frameworks or all the different uh, platforms is, is great news, and you know all the open source availability of all these things is, is great news too. Yeah, I think if you saw Miguel's uh, keynote presentation, he did show a little bit of C Sharp 6 in one of his code snippets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's interesting that um, C Sharp and .NET developers can now take their code to so many places, uh, and I think iOS and Android, uh, given their market share and Xamarin being free as part of like even Visual Studio Community Edition, mm -hmm. which is pretty, pretty rad. Yeah, and yeah, it's exactly. going to take your code just about everywhere, right? Yeah. So, do you see C Sharp as like the dominant programming language right now uh, over JavaScript? Um, sort of, yeah. I mean, it, it's got a lot more places to go now. Um, you can't really do it in a front-end web app sure. like you see Sharp and things like that. So JavaScript and things like that are still going to be around. Um, but with .NET Core, it kind of brings C# -sharp to a similar level to JavaScript, where you can you can write C# -sharp code and deploy it in places that you couldn't have before, with a lot less ceremony, like you know, you know building an MSI and, and deploying things and things like that, like deploying to Linux and Ubuntu or things like that. It's just a you know an X copy deployment now, whereas before it was a lot more ceremony to get C# -sharp onto certain places. So. I think that brings it to a similar level to JavaScript, and it's a lot more deployable in a lot more places now. Right. Now, you've also played a little bit with Roslyn, right, if I may, yeah. right? Uh, can you tell us what's new, what's happening in that space? Uh, I think the most exciting thing about Roslyn is, is the ability to do, you know, um, kind of debugger extensions and, and static code analysis, things like that. So you can do kind of application-specific or organization-specific rules about how you program and things like that and have them you know come up and tell you as you're typing your code and give you solutions to the problems that they're pointing out you know as a fix in your code while you're writing the code so it's like custom 
compilation rules and yeah. things you can have in your yeah. Visual Studio experience. Yeah, and I think we'll see a lot more of that in the, in the coming years as people kind of ramp up to the, the, those abilities and understand what they can and can't do with, with all those features. Nice. So .NET Core is obviously big. It's cross-platform, it's open source. Uh, it's still a subset of what the .NET framework is overall, which supports right. WPF and ASP.NET and everything else. Um, do you know where we are at? Like, what things have not made it to .NET Core yet? Um, .NET Core is kind of like it's, it's basically in our profile if we if we look at it in, in terms of the .NET right. type things. Uh, so it, it's kind of similar to a portable class library, where it's it's a very small subset of what you you can do in .NET. Sure. Uh, so it doesn't doesn't support things like WPF right out of the box or WinForms or things like that. And WinForms is very specific to Windows anyway, so right. uh, we probably won't see anything like yeah. that. But it's still a that. substantial effort to get .NET to oh, where yeah. it is right now. Yeah, to have it, to you know, have it cross .NET Core that can be, you know, XCopy deployed to different environments and things like that is, is a huge, a huge win, but it's, it is a, it's a huge amount of work that, to get it to that point. Yeah. Right. Now we were talking about this, like there is also Mono, which is the .NET port to other platforms, mm -hmm. and I think Mono stretches back to almost the age of .NET itself. It's been around for yeah, a long, long time. Yeah, at least 12, 13 years. Yeah. yeah, and so Mono might actually be have a bigger canvas than .NET Core itself, but do you eventually see .NET Core like replacing Mono underneath of Xamarin? Um, Maybe not right possibly. away. Possibly, I mean, Typically what Xamarin would do with things would, would, would kind of replace and extend things, like they did a lot with C-sharp in the early years and added extensions to C-sharp to make it a little bit easier to use. And eventually that kind of worked its way into things like Rosin and things, and, and they're not doing that as much as they used to. But yeah, I can see .NET Core kind of replacing Mono, especially now that Xamarin's part of Microsoft, that that's that's probably one of the goals that they want to right. attain. Is, is they want to minimize how many things they yeah. support. Yeah. yeah, it makes it a lot easier to use right. Xamarin right. You know, yeah. as a deployment technology anyway. So. Yeah. So you're a, you're a language guy, being a C# -sharp MVP. So uh, how do you feel about TypeScript? Uh, I like TypeScript. I mean, JavaScript is great. It's a dynamic language. It lets you do a lot of flexible things. But as you start getting more complex in your JavaScript, as you get like an enterprise-level JavaScript, where you've got hundreds of different pieces of code or uh, hundreds of JavaScript files, it becomes hard to maintain those things. Um, so TypeScript just adds that ability to get more of a you know static type checking you know at compile time and things like that. So it makes it a lot easier to maintain a, a very large JavaScript code base. Yeah. Now, have do you, you see? Um, sorry, sorry, go on. Have you have you done any work with uh, game development in C Sharp using like Unity? No, actually, I haven't. Uh, one of my first jobs I ever had was doing game development back in you know uh, the early '90s, and that, that kind of ruined me for playing games and writing <laughs> games. So I haven't done much in the game arena in a long time. So. Yeah, one of the big things that we haven't really covered today is the fact that they said Unity is now part of the .NET um, foundation. So they yeah, open source. Yeah, so that Red Hat, that Unity, well. and a couple of other things that I mean, .NET Foundation keeps getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. So Microsoft's commitment to open source is it's not a lightweight thing anymore. It's, you know. yeah. So going back to TypeScript, so. Uh, Anders and everybody else gives TypeScript a lot of love. You mm -hmm. see Brad Green from Angular. Uh, Angular 2, a lot of it is written in TypeScript. So uh, do you see, I mean, it, it's also a new Microsoft with collaborations with Google and right. things like that. So do you see the TypeScript angle uh, taking Microsoft technologies to non-Microsoft developers that they haven't before? To a certain extent, I think, yeah. I mean, TypeScript is kind of on its own, so it doesn't really pull in a lot of things like .NET or anything like that, but it really just shows you know, the, the leadership that Microsoft's taking and that type of thing, and, and you know, the ability of other you know, uh, companies to take on the, that, the, the work that Microsoft's been doing in, in various different areas. 
Right. Now, I mean, do you do a lot of ASP.NET stuff in your uh, work uh, fair amount, yeah. Okay. Do you think the success of JavaScript and uh, the success of the open source web framework overall, the client side development, do you think that's impacting ASP.NET stack in a big way? Oh yeah. I mean, you can you can see it now, like with the .NET Core and ASP.NET Core, or what used to be called ASP.NET 5. Right. I mean, it's it's you know ground up rearchitecture of of ASP.NET to be you know more open source, to be able to be deployed and very you know, more environments and things like that. So yeah, it's, it's had a huge effect on Yeah, and it blows my mind that Microsoft has built up Nougat to what it is today, and now they're saying, hey, get it from uh, all of these other places that you can bring in your open source libraries from. Well, yeah, I think they're just focusing their efforts more on Nougat being a resource for uh, core library stuff for C Sharp and, and other .NET languages where front-end things that have HTML and JavaScript front-end utility purposes. We don't we don't want to cloud that NuGet, you know, marketplace with all of those things. They already exist in Bower and NPM. Go ahead and pull it from there. Yeah, I think that for the longest time they were actually taking things from Bower and putting them into NuGet. So mm -hmm. it's like just go get it straight up. Yeah, from a lot Bauer. of a lot of that stuff was just rewrapped and stuck in a new right, NuGet, right. which yeah. which made a lot of useless work for a lot of folks, uh, including myself. So it's it's refreshing to see yeah. Bower and NPM and those things be brought into the fold. Right, so as a, let's say an enterprise ASP.NET developer, you're seeing all of these changes coming in. Mm -hmm. um, and you see all the cool stuff that kids are doing with Angular and React. I mean, is it a compulsion that sometimes people are picking up these things or is it, I mean, is it necessary uh, to have a JavaScript core framework like Angular in your ASP.NET stack? Uh, I would say yes to, to that, to have a, some sort of framework like that. Uh, in your ASP.NET stack, um, but that that is a, a you know a possible side effect is people jump on the the new things, the shiny new things, things like that, and and use it for the sake of using something new. So, um, and that that is a problem that we see, and people just need to sort of you know stand back a bit and analyze what they need to do and choose the right tool for the right job, sort of thing. Yeah, a lot of times we throw stability by the wayside just so we can learn something new, fun. Yeah. All right, so what are you uh, excited about, maybe C-sharp going forward? Anything new you are looking forward to, your your wish list of things? I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, kind of less writing code that C-sharp's going to give us. And, you know, I used to do a talk on moving from, you know, uh, how we moved from asynchronous over the years in, in C-sharp. And I, I do a, used to do a demo where I think I had something like 50 lines of code that we used to do in asynchronous. Uh, down to like maybe 10 or 12 now, and that's just going to keep getting better and better with all the different areas, like you know, doing exception filtering and uh, better lambda expressions, things like that. So it just makes it easier to write code and easier to read and maintain the code. So you know, know, let's just get back so to you know, solving the problem right. too. We're yeah. not we're not writing all of that you know that um, inner working stuff that boiler, boilerplate code. We're just writing the code that actually solves the problem we're out to solve. Yeah. It's kind of a functional point of view where you, you focus on what you're trying to solve, not how you're trying to solve it. Mm -hmm. Do you also like see a balancing act sometimes where you do want to write less and less code in terms of the syntax part of it, but at what point does it get too much syntactical sugar and it's not as readable to yeah. junior devs coming on? Yeah, and that's another thing we have to sort of uh, focus on or at least pay attention to that you, you don't use the, the features of language just to use the features of language. Kind of like a framework, you know, use a framework for the sake of using a framework. Um, and we use it in the right places and in the right ways to make sure the code is still readable and maintainable. All right, so uh, wrapping up, uh, Peter, thanks so much for um, 
being on the show. I think uh, we are all enjoying Build, and hopefully you are too. It's uh, great to have you around. Yep. And thanks for coming on again. Absolutely. Thanks Thank a lot. you guys. It was great. Thank you.